Podcast. My name is Chad Durham. I'm Jacob Hampton. I'm Eric Wood. And we are in the same room, socially distant-ish. I mean, we're like, it doesn't matter. Okay, we're in the same room. So hopefully the audio will uh, be okay and uh, we can be a little more um, fluid in responding to one another. Um, and uh, this episode today, we're going to talk a little bit about Spike Lee mostly and almost completely focusing on Spike Lee's uh, 1989 classic, Do the Right Thing, 89 or 88? 89. 89. And also his newest movie that uh, because of COVID-19 premiered on Netflix on Friday, June 12th, The Five Bloods. 2020. <laughs> I, can I interrupt real quick? Please. I didn't know this. Was it like an emergency Netflix deal then? It, he made it through Netflix, I think, but it was still going to be in theaters at first. Oh. But maybe it would have been just the small theatrical like one. Like what they I did with like yeah. Roma and stuff. Like Perhaps, that. yeah. Right. I didn't read enough into it, so I'll be honest that I don't 100% know. Other okay. than I read an article that said, instead of going to theaters first, it went straight uh, to Netflix. But that could have very easily been the like two-week, three-week period in L.A. and New York just to get Oscar. From what I'm, I understood, it was Please. supposed to be pushed more uh, for award season, yeah. and then it was just sped up with this whole COVID yeah, yeah, yeah. craziness. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It felt like the right time. Yeah, I it's, I mean, and there aren't, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of big directors now who've done with Alfonso Cuaron and the, and the Coen brothers specifically, um, you know, going straight to Netflix is is no longer... Scorsese? Yeah, yeah. The Irishman. It is no longer, you know, indie to do such a thing. It's actually kind of cool. I, I know that it's it, it felt it felt cool for me. I know we're not jumping into Defy Bloods yet, but uh, like it always has. Every time I've watched Aroma or The Irishman or The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, like I feel this great sense of like, this is pretty cool that I can just watch this here, even though I miss the theatrical experience. Um, so part of the reason, of course, that we're talking about uh, Defy Bloods is because it just premiered on Netflix. The other reason is because of the Black Lives Matter movement taking prominence in our society right now with many protests, with, of course, the, de the death of George Floyd. There have been uh, a lot of articles actually written in the last two to three weeks, maybe even a month, um, talking about Do the Right Thing and how it maybe is somewhat sad that it is still relevant, still so relevant, um, and, and maybe an indictment of our society that way, which is one reason why so many people feel that Do the Right Thing is a, is a masterpiece or a classic, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. And obviously, uh, I, we wanted to make sure to point out um, that none of us here are African American, none of us here are black, Jake and I are incredibly white, <laughs> um, and Eric uh, was born in Peru, and moved here at about nine months old. Yep. Um, so our perspective obviously comes from the outside as far as um, race goes. But that was one reason why we thought it would be uh, important. Uh, that's probably too strong. That it would be relevant and thoughtful to talk about it this time. Um, so we want to talk just a tiny bit about Spike Lee. None of us, I think, claim to be any sort of expert on Spike Lee. 
Um, but most of his movies, I, I mean, I would say 75%, maybe even 80, maybe even 90, uh, 90% of his movies deal with race directly. Uh, as an example, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, Black Klansman, Bamboozled, Chirac, He Got Game, Four Little Girls, um, and more. That, that's just the, the ones I wrote down really quickly. Um, so, and, and he is, you know, like, I don't, wow, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, that's what's expected of him. At this point, he is like of the voice, or maybe I shouldn't say the voice, but a very important voice for black men and women in America, mostly black men, if we're being honest, looking at, at the movies that, that Spike has written and directed. Um, a few thoughts for me uh, from the movies that I've seen. He does like to grandstand a little bit, get on the soapbox, but I think sometimes you kind of need that, especially in movies dealing with complex subjects. He can be a little excessive, like a lot of his movies are long and maybe could have been edited, somewhat Scorsese-like in that way, but he jams a lot of themes. He does like to challenge stereotypes, which I like, and he does do a great job of utilizing incredible casts of black actors and actresses. Um, he is a provocateur, like he really likes to stoke the fires. That's what he's known for. He gets people talking, um, but he's so talented. He has the right tools to really bring, bring those things up. And he, he raises important kinds of questions. He raises hell is what I wrote in my notes. Um, and I know like from what I've seen, especially as a, you know, white male, I'm grateful for Spike Lee's voice just because like he shows me, makes me think about a lot of things that I would not have thought about. Uh, without uh, like his, his, these, his cinematic output, I guess. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to say about Spike Lee? Anything about any of his other movies? And if not, it's totally cool. Because what basically we're diving into what's universally recognized as his best movie, which is Do the Right Thing, and of course, his newest movie. I think for me, not being super well-versed, uh, like I said, I think I've seen Inside Man was the one that I didn't even really know was Spike Lee uh, when I first viewed it. But as I've watched these last two, just his craftsmanship and being able to um, really set the stage and then draw you in with some different perspectives. And and I, I do think there are times when, when it gets a little soapboxy, but I do feel that he's covering content that is usually supercharged with feelings with emotions yeah i mean um just the tensions that are going on in our society now are, are super relevant and i think the other thing that really impressed me in uh i did see black Klansman as well um is seeing his 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 craft go from 89 to 2020 and see how strong his how strong and deliberate he is in his filmmaking yeah. and i was i was really impressed with that yeah he has some interesting kind of like um stylistic things that are oh, yeah. common for him mm -hmm. that we've seen in, in stuff like uh, black Clansman. just so and... smart i felt like early on in his career some of that stuff was just so it felt very fresh even in 20 in me viewing it in 2020 and then I feel like the the most recent ones were Black Klansmen and now Defy Bloods. Um, they they just feel uh, like they continue to perpetuate 
these these conversations. Like yeah. I felt like I felt like when I watched Black Klansman, I I had some conversations with my with my family about it, and I was enthralled. Like I was very intrigued, and I felt like it didn't feel to me that didn't feel soapboxy, and I think the artistry felt very fresh and very new. And yeah. I think for me the being such a dynamic. Um, craftsman to be able to to in 89 be very provocative and then in 2020 and in you know yeah 2019 to still be so relevant when you, and to change you know not for the same things like he's definitely not the same film uh maker that he was then yeah yeah but you can see how he's grown I, i'm i'm excited to see what he does like yeah. I'm, I'm very i was very impressed with how he 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 has continued to uh grow well and not counterpoint but to add on <laughs> to that like, on the one hand, it's like, oh, wow, he's timeless in the way he approaches these themes. And on the other hand, oh, man, we're still dealing with these same mm-hmm. things in our world that need Spike Lee to come in and kind of help us confront them. So a good and a bad side, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will, as far as, like, his filmmaking goes. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed how confrontational he is, at least in uh, what I've noticed with Black Klansmen and now Five Bloods with the uh, current political climate. Um, I've seen a lot of people criticize that online and stuff, uh, especially with the very ending of Black Klansman, the footage that he puts onto the end of that movie, and then the very overt political uh, references and uh, and comments that are in The Five Bloods. But I love it. I just think uh, it's just this cool style of like, look, this issue is so important that I'm not going to leave it to subtlety yeah. to try and get my message across. I'm going to, yeah. you know say it directly to your face and I love that. That like, was one thing that I I wrote down in some of my notes was the way he uses those real film clips. Like people yeah. don't not a lot of other not with the frequency that he yeah. does it, right? And he just threads threads yeah. it into his filmmaking and very seamlessly. I thought I was yeah. very impressed. Especially with... in Defy Bloods. I feel like uh-huh. and Black Clansman it was seamless too, but it was meant to be more like to shock you yes. and be like, especially yeah. at the end, right? And yeah. I felt like the whole Black Klansman and here felt it's very... back and forth, and there's these mm-hmm. little things that he does, and and the pictures, and the, anyway. Black Klansman, from what I recall, made the whole story seemed very to me seemed very subtle, but then at the end it was very yeah. here's your punch. He hammered line. it home with he's hammering it home with current, real life current, current yeah. And I think KKK to some people, and... to some people, that was like. I don't know, off-putting. It turned them off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, I think, it, you know, whether it's your campaign for your film or not, but... Yeah, sure. Uh, and this one, I agree, it was, it was throughout, there was different things. Yeah. But it was very, it was just very well orchestrated. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was gonna, you said, like, confrontational, I had written incendiary. Mm. He wants to be incendiary. He wants to light, he wants to, you know, spark things. Um, and I, I really like as much as, and we, I mean, we'll jump into the movie specifically, but as much as it's good to have a clear theme and to feel like everyone's going to walk away feeling the same thing, I feel like, especially with these two movies, Spike Lee doesn't do that. Like, he doesn't let you off the hook with this movie is about this specific message. Yeah. You must, whatever it is, you know, uh, and do the right thing. He does a really good job. Yeah, there are some pretty despicable characters in Do the Right Thing. Like, John Turturro is a, a pretty straight-up racist. He's a straight-up racist. You didn't need, I didn't need pretty in there. Um, but he humanizes Danny Aiello, and he lets other characters make mistakes. 
and it's not some, it, forgive the phrase because it doesn't work very well here, but whitewashed version of black and white. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job of dabbling in that gray, even though we ultimately know probably where he stands. Yeah. That's uh, what, there's that's, a lot of grayness in there. That's what a lot of his the craftsmanship early on in, in that 89 Do the Right Thing is how he sets those things, how he sets the stage and then lets you almost pull out what you need to get from this and yeah. I think we'll talk about it with no I, I, I agree 100% with that it's it's something because I, I, I think which is difficult to do like as someone who watched the lot of also like, off-putting completely people leave and like well no you were supposed to tell me what to think and, and, and I think I even like me I gravitate to that mm-hmm. ending the movie and being like oh you said this thing I knew you were trying to say so well want, and want I love that. it and, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not saying that's bad like mm-hmm. I'm into it but there's something to be said for then going out and going, well, what were you trying to say? Now I have to figure it out. Now I have to process. And mm-hmm. I think he does that really well. And in these two movies, they're excellent examples. So is Black yeah. Hands. And I think with the topics that he's hitting, it leaves those more open-ended, you Cause, know. Because they're messy. Yeah, it's, it's a messy, it's a yeah. gray area yeah. like we're talking about. Yeah. So let's, well, let's dive in to do the right thing a little bit. We'll start with some fairly... Um, straightforward things and then maybe we'll talk about some of that stuff we were just talking about first of all it was his third movie ever which i just thought was really relevant (laughs) because like it's it's pretty assured and i just found out today and i think it's i don't think i'm giving you false information because i saw it written down and i saw a lot of um uh, uh reputable people that he wrote the first draft of the script by hand oh wow i'll i'll try to double check this in a minute to make sure i'm not giving you they had pictures and it looked legit. Right. And reputable people were like, oh, wow, this is incredible. People that I trust on Twitter that are like checkmarked and stuff were like, oh, man, they, you know, this is about giving. And like people were going off about, you know, hmm. anyway. His third movie ever. So pretty impressive. Um, and he's in it with his sister, who plays his sister, by the way. Uh, I had to look it up mm-hmm. because she's playing his sister. And I kept looking at her face like, she looks exactly like her. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked it up with his sister. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's about really quickly, if you have not uh, seen Do the Right Thing, the quick, quick synopsis is on the hottest day of the year in Bed-Stuy, uh, racial tensions flare. I mean, that's the, that's the what do you call it, the, uh, the elevator pitch, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he's got a lot of different characters, um, mostly male, it's true, a, 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 few, a few females. Um, and they kind of interact and tensions that were beneath the surface bubble up uh, at, at, uh, throughout the movie. And for, for Do the Right Thing, I think we'll probably just go full spoiler. For Defy Bloods, we'll be a little more careful, maybe give you a, give you a, a warning if we're going to go, go deeper. Performance-wise, really quickly, uh, just as we talk about some of the general stuff about um, um, Do the Right Thing, who did you feel like uh, especially did a good job? Who did you feel like really you know, brought, brought Do the Right Thing alive? Uh, Spike Lee, just because he's Spike, Spike Lee, like, he's he, good. He's so he's so young. He's like, good. Yeah, I, I think you just get, you're just like he, he doesn't like he's acted attention. very little since then. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Yeah, yep. I I was impressed. Same. John Turturro. Yeah, Turturro. He's good. He was he his was character sucks really and strong. he does a great job. Yeah, he really portrayed him really well. Yeah, I thought uh, Rosie. 
Rosie Perez, Perez. in a kind of thankless role. Can yeah. is that an okay word to use here? Mm-hmm. And I read a little bit on it just because she dances at the beginning in a really cool kind of opening credit sequence, uh-huh. I like that and idea. she's young. Which I oh Rosie Perez, were you ever so young? <laughs> Her name's on my shirt right now. Um, and uh, then she's in it for like ten minutes. 15, probably. Not a lot. And so I looked up some stuff, and they talked about how her character's a little problematic, and there's a scene, actually, that uh, there's some nudity in it with with her, and and she's done some interviews where she was like, I didn't want that and stuff. So so there's some problematic stuff there. But she does a great job. Her Mm -hmm. role is just really thankless. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's probably the, I guess you would say, the only... I, well, I don't know. We'll talk to these gentlemen in a minute. But one of the only problems is just that the women feel underrepresented in it. Yeah, but she's good. Those are the big ones for me. This yeah, I would say same, honestly. Spike um, and John. Yeah, she. Uh, I, I wanted to give a shout-out to Danny Aiello, who I thought did a really good job as... I forget what his name is. I should remember, and I should have it up. Um, but he's like, own Sal. Oh, Sal, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's great. Um, Bill Nunn as Radio Rahim, hmm. who again a very a person that I, I you know was really young, and then the the old vets Ossie Davis and Ruby mm-hmm. D, they're fantastic. Um, and uh, final shout out Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, Esposito. I was him as well. He's he's really really good, and kind of like a weirdly showy role because he's he's like supposed to be he's like a little bit like quirky if yeah. you will, and then he he ends up like being kind of the catalyst mm-hmm. for. For a lot of the violence that goes down, but I've seen him in so many things. Bugging out, bugging out is his mm. character's mm-hmm. name, baby. Um, and yeah, and I love the three dudes: uh, S- Sweet Dick Willie, uh, Coconuts, <laughs> Coconut Sid, I think, and I forget the third guy's name. They're just funny. They're almost like a Greek chorus. Yeah. <laughs> and in the textbook that we use in Film Lit, they talk about that red wall behind them yeah. because Spike Lee had he had these guys and and he wanted them to just be talking, and in order to add movement movement's not even the right word but to give them something they painted it fire brick red so that there would be something pop yeah something that popped yeah, in that nice. scene which i think is which is it did cool. it, that was yeah, it does well i finally out. i i hadn't seen this movie and I, I i'm ashamed to admit it um but it was cool to see it and be like oh yeah because yeah, i read about this book. so many times <laughs> and it's yeah. also colorful the whole movie oh yeah really great production design yeah he's really good with music by the way we didn't talk about that earlier mm-hmm. he makes a lot of idiosyncratic musical choices Stuff that doesn't fit sometimes yeah. what you're seeing on the screen in a way that like is uh, electric kind of sometimes. Um, yeah, anything else about the movie making before we kind of jump into like the complexity, some of those themes that he was touching on and, and why we still feel like it's so relevant? Anything else with production design? He does that like people speaking into the camera thing a lot. He mm-hmm. does it in Do the Right Thing. He does it in Defy Bloods. Cinematography-wise, yeah. in specifically um, Do the Right Thing, the angles, the tension that those angles yeah. as he's shooting, um, just where they're almost, even when you're just standing there, even when it's just the little tilt, they're fighting to be, they're already starting a fight. They're yeah. already starting that conversation, trying to stay... In the frame, like it's very yeah. interesting the yeah, subtleties yeah. of that. They're like, uh, what are they? Uh, that has a name. Um, when it's, it's Dutch. not off kilter. Well, that's you're right, but that's uh-huh. not even when I was. Thank you, but uh-huh. that's not. That's it's diagonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a. It doesn't matter. Um, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, I was just gonna add when uh, they look into the camera. There's like a, a 
it, it's, it feels personal, but it also feels odd. You don't normally get that. Mm-hmm. And he ha- obviously he has a very famous scene where they say racial slurs into the mm-hmm. camera too, um, kind of talking about what's going on underneath that people don't want to say out loud, um, which really pays off obviously in uh, Do the Right Thing. I think the uh, simple metaphor as well really works, um, just of the, the heat. Just yeah. that everyone's trying to get out of the heat and it's uh, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. And the, the script too is really content just introducing you to the world for a really long time. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the moment, it's the famous moment in the movie, it's kind of a surprise. Mookie, played by Spike Lee, picks up the trash can and throws it through Sal's window. There's only like 30 minutes left in the movie, and it's a two-hour movie. Um, and oftentimes you would think a, a, a maybe a lesser writer, I, I think that's probably okay to say, a lesser writer would have made that earlier and mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of the aftermath and did, but that's not what the movie's about. It's about these characters and he he's Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was Martin so Lawrence surprised to see Martin Lawrence, yeah. He spends time with everybody in the freaking neighborhood and just kind of lets you see them all interacting and doing things and a lot of the little vignettes even like Ossie Davis saving the kid, mm-hmm. uh, Demayer. He plays Demayer. Um, when he's saving the kid who almost got hit by a car and then the, the, his mom comes out and like slaps him and she's like, don't tell me how to parent. It's just about like, it's about relationships. It's about the way that um, the community works. It's not even really about what ends up happening. And I, but I think, it's a, uh, I think it's a credit to the movie. He does a great job of like building the realism there. And giving you a sense of like the way that they the tension is everywhere. Yeah. Even with you know uh, black to black tension, black to white tension, black to Italian mostly, mm-hmm. tension is all kind of there. And the one guy who keeps the mentally challenged guy who keeps talking about Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X is white. Mm-hmm. So he just there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. that I think is just super interesting. I don't know. I don't you know I don't I don't really have a bow to tie on it, but I think it's it's really interesting. It's it's very well written. I thought the script yeah. was fantastic. Fitting that Spike Lee finally won his Oscar for writing Black Klansman because I think the writing part of it is is it, the writing part of him should really be celebrated. Mm-hmm. So, thematically, complexity. What what was Spike Lee ultimately trying to say, um, in, in in showing us these characters before we jump into the five bloods and talk about the relevance of do the right thing. Um. Well, kind of going off what you were just saying, with the how much time we do spend in the community before all the uh, the tension eventually boils over. Yeah. Um, I like that it achieves this effect of like, here is this community of people, and uh, we're eventually going to see here's what happens when you mess with one of their own, basically. Um, so I I like that we spend all that time because I think it hammers home that theme of uh of community and basically yeah. like what do you do when and someone yeah uh, that's part of your group is killed <laughs> yeah 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 and it, I mean if you don't know do the right thing hinges on <clears throat> cops killing a black man um, which was uh, I don't I, I don't know what the right word is like it was it was like hard to watch it sh- it's supposed to be hard to watch yeah. but what I mean is there's a built-in more difficulty I felt like with everything that was going on. And anyone would say, like, well, that's always been going on, Chad. Like, you're right. You're 100% right. But it felt even, like, tougher watching it now. I don't know. Because I'm just like, man, 
he was preaching about the things that we're still preaching about. Oh, yeah. And he was doing it 30 years ago. Well, and I think one of the central questions the movie's asking its audience uh, is the same questions people are still talking about with what's been going on now. Um, because the the death results in a riot in the movie, um, and I, I this is lifted straight from Wikipedia, I literally just read this on Wikipedia, but that Spike Lee has said... Um, in an interview about this movie, that only white audiences ask if uh, Mookie is that uh, his name? Mookie, yeah. Mookie, yep. um, if Mookie did the right thing by uh, starting the riot, and the black on- audiences don't ask that question because to them it's not a question of whether the property damage is worse than the death of a black man. Yeah. So I just thought that was like incredibly. How is that so exactly relevant still? Like, why are we still talking about I this? Know. And it's, it's I'm mean, in a sad way, right? Sad that we still are. And and I feel like. And you guys can correct me if you feel like I'm wrong. One of the things that worked really well for me in speaking of Spike Lee's writing is that he resisted the urge to demonize Sal. Now, John Turturro is a straight-up racist, Mm -hmm. right? Even he, you know, he gets some moments. But yeah, he's pretty, he's there. But the other two, Sal, the dad, and the other brother... Like, they're pretty good-hearted people. They're not... They don't always make the right choice. They have racist tendencies, too. That's not what I mean. But he does a really good job of making these characters feel like real characters. And even afterwards, Sal, Danny Aiello, he doesn't necessarily, like, blame them. Do you agree with that, Eric or, or, and Jake? Like, he's not just like, oh, I can't believe... I mean, he's sad. He's like, my, my store got destroyed, you know? But at the same, he's like, I built this with my my own hands. But again, it's a moment that Spike Lee gives us to also contemplate what's going on with Sal. Not that we're saying necessarily, well, but but also like this guy built this in the community and cared about the community at least in in some ways, and it got destroyed. He lets us at least see what that meant for Sal, even though the right thing for Mookie to do, and of course they're protesting, you know, the co- the complexities of how it even starts like that portion of the movie you know before that all the brouhaha breaks out yeah he's closing up shop i mean he's in the community yeah he's closing up shop and these guys want to get one last and slice. he lets them he lets come them in, in. Yeah. that that to me was very telling it yeah and then how it just almost uh snowballs yeah and builds I and then there's that. more yeah. and then you've got more tension that maybe earlier on there were some you know um there was tension in the shop previous to that where you have other characters that come in. Bugging um, out. Yeah. Bugging out. So, I don't know. I, I think that the way Spike orchestrates that, like, it seems very simple. It seems like it's a very simple idea of showing this member of the community, this member of the community, but how he layers that complex, complexly enough and then brings back those characters that had some tension earlier and then that is almost the ignition for yeah. the catalyst to uh-huh. the big explosion that comes yeah. well, and he the does, racial tensions. And he and does destroy Radio Rahim's radio. Uh-huh. Like, pretty violently. Yeah. I mean, it's a radio, yeah, yeah. but it's somebody else's property. But right? Radio Rahim is also in there confronting him and About being like, turning this off the radio. Is, yeah, he's, he's going... play in, my music. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that, that to me, I get further illustrates... You know, what is the right way to handle it? What right. is the right course great, of action? Great title. Yeah, like, it really is. A to great me, title. it really, it really is. To me, like 
I've heard it and it's like, oh, it's very, it's a catchy little. Yeah. I've heard that little riff before. Works even better when. But you watch once it, you've yeah. seen it and once you and then and it's given awesome. the climate that we're in now, like there are like I'm raising you know three kids and trying to help them understand the little bit that I can, and you're you're growing up in a world where you it's not a black and white thing. It's not you know for lack of it's not yeah, yeah. just it's there's complex things I yes. think such a simple and, title but such a powerful and he's title. one of the greatest filmmakers to confront things that we know are so complex that politically we always try to just say it's this or it's that mm-hmm. and some ways we, and sometimes we do need to say it's and this not or it's isolate that. Very not clear. isolate one yeah. side or the other or do and or sometimes we have to it, right yeah. sometimes we have to but he does such a great job of not re- he's not reductive gosh that's the word I was looking for he doesn't reduce it to something simple. Yeah. And I think that's what really works. Um, and I think, I, I just wrote this in the notes, and then we'll, we'll talk about Defy Bloods and, and anything we, we can tie together with them. But, um, yeah, I think classic is uh, deserved. 100%. Don't you? Don't you th- I mean, this is a classic of cinema that, like I said, people are still writing about it now, and there are sad reasons why that's happening. But it's also a tribute to Spike Lee's keen sense of filmmaking as well as his keen sense of uh, social uh, change and civil rights. I, I just think there's a lot that you can draw from it. And there's there's a lot of discussion. I think that's what he wanted from it is, yeah. is to have those conversations. He's not going to tell you, you what the answer talk. is. You want to talk after. But it's hard to talk about yeah. some of these things. Like, it's hard to honestly stay... Well, this is how I interpret it. This is this is why I feel like because I had a guy come in and came at me with his radio blaring, and I felt like you know, like it's yeah. Uh, what would you do? Yeah, Maybe what I'd do would some you of those do? How do you? Things. Oh crap! Yeah, I I just think it's it's a uh, it's a very poignant way to have a discussion and to then review those things in a climate that's still dealing with these same complex yeah. issues. When I just want to say, this is going to be a weird anecdote just for a minute, but related to what you're talking about, uh, um, stoking discussion, and then we'll talk about the Defy Bloods. Um, I watched a movie decidedly less good than this with my family the other night. We, we picked movies, and my son picked After Earth. Okay, but there's a scene in After Earth where um, Jaden Smith's character gets really frustrated and he starts kicking and, and uh, breaking things. My seven-year-old daughter... It's like, Dad, why is he, why is he breaking things? Why is he kicking things? And I said, Well, he's so frustrated because he thought he'd solve these things. He's so frustrated that he doesn't know anywhere any other way to deal with. There's nothing else that he can do besides like physically kick things. The next morning, I was listening to. So this has been a little while, guys. This has been like uh, two weeks. I was listening to Killer Mike. Um, I think he spoke in Atlanta, um, the rapper in, uh, Run the Jewels, and he spoke just about the riots, and he spoke about Black Lives Matter, and he, he made a lot of great points. And I was listening to it in the morning, and my daughter came in, same, the seven-year-old. She's like, Daddy, what are you listening to? And so I just kind of explained to her, oh, it's this guy, he's, he's a rapper, he's talking about this, and there's been some riots. And she said, what's a riot? And I was like, well, riots are like when people like you know, they, they will, uh, I, I forget exactly what I said, but like, they'll burn things and they'll destroy things. And, and these riots happen to be about 
um, uh, I, again, I don't remember my exact words, but a, a black man that was killed by police and they're, they're um, trying to get changed, whatever, whatever. I tried to explain it the best I could to a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, oh, like last night, I, I'm, I'm not kidding at all. Like I almost started crying. She's like, oh, like when we were watching the movie, like there's just nothing else they can do now. Like, yes, Avery. <laughs> That's amazing. holy crap. <laughs> there's nothing else they can do now. Like you just made one of the greatest connections that I've ever, I like texted my family. Like you guys cannot believe what Avery just said. That's my daughter. Now, the reason I shared that really quickly is I think Spike Lee is the kind of filmmaker that you watch his stuff and you just, you're gonna talk about it, you're gonna understand things in life better. Spike Lee didn't make After Earth. I'm just saying when you talked about like stoking that discussion and bringing it out here, like it, it's, um, that's what he does. Yeah. And I think Do the Right Thing, and I have not seen all those movies, does that better than almost any movie I've ever seen as far as challenging you, making you confront the things that you may think or say, making you understand the world better in really interesting ways. All right, The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. <laughs> Five Bloods on Netflix. It's, it's been available just for a, a few days. When you listen to this, it'll probably have been uh, close to a week. Well, who knows when you're listening. When, I, when we post <laughs> this, when we post this, it will probably have been close to a week since The Five Bloods uh, was on Netflix. Um, let, let's, is there any, oh yeah, uh, t- uh, one of you willing to take the summary, the brief summary? Oh man. I didn't prepare anyone, That's but a, I just um, I forgot about summarizing. One. I'm gonna pull from uh, the, internet, <laughs> the internet here, saying four uh, four <coughs> veterans uh, f- battle and force a man and nature when they return to Vietnam, <coughs> seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and gold fortune he helped them hide. Oh, nice! Yeah, well done, IMDb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> well done, IMDb. Um, starring um, Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Jonathan Majors, uh, Chadwick Boseman, and the fourth, the fifth blood, I can't remember the Uh-oh. name of the guy, Eric. Uh, I missed who you had on there. It's Eddie. Eddie Norman Lu- Norm Lewis. Norm Lewis, the fifth member of the Bloods, and Jean Reno, shockingly to me. Jean Reno of like Mission Impossible fame and the professional oh, yeah. uh, shows up oh, yeah. as yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. a slimy Frenchman. Yeah, yep. um, yeah. Interesting thing. It, it, just to jump right in really quickly to movie making. Um, interesting choice Spike Lee made to not de-age any of the actors. They, yeah, they play themselves mm-hmm. in old stuff except for one picture. Did you guys notice that? There's a picture yeah. of them at the end. Where they do that, look where they're de- where they're where they look young, oh, uh-huh. which I thought was odd, only because in all the flashbacks, exactly. they're still played. They showed that picture, and I was like, huh, "Wait a minute! Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're young in this picture." I really liked oh. that choice, though. Yes, to think, have them play themselves. Yeah, it just oh, made me think cool. about how different it would feel if they had tried to uh, yeah. de-age them in any way, even if it was you know just or had different actors or different actors. Yeah, yeah I think that just would have made this feel more like a. Uh, maybe less like a Spike Lee movie and I think m- maybe more over the top sentimental and I, I like that it uh, it makes it feel like a memory basically the fact that they're it's kind of like oh how are they remembering it now basically nice. right uh, and of course they still remember uh, Chadwick Boseman's character as young because uh, he, he dies, dies. So. have you guys have you guys seen any other movies where something like that is 
Not no. that I remember. Because I don't remember anywhere. No. Usually they get young people and then they age them up for the older scenes. But uh-huh. in this, they're old for so much of it that that wouldn't have made a lot of yeah, sense. I, I couldn't think as I watched that. It threw me off at first. But then once I caught up with what's yeah. going on, I was like, have I seen that done anywhere? Like, it's just such a interesting Yeah. Well, two dynamic. things about it. One mm-hmm. thing for me is like, did I ever think, hey, why are they old? No. Why right. would I have cared? I knew it was a flashback. And two, someone else wrote this, not me. I read it in a review. I don't necessarily think this is what Spike Lee was doing, but I thought it was interesting, and I, I am, I, I'm parroting. But someone said, like, then you know they're the same people they were back then, which I thought was kind of, like, cheesy interesting. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I love what you said, Jake. You're, uh, truly, yours was a much more, a much less cheesy, much more probable <laughs> idea which is yeah they're remembering and you kind of see yourself as you are now even in a memory yeah. you don't de-age yourself usually because you know, that's cheese. just, not, just <laughs> not how it works right um but yeah i liked the choice a lot um i wanted i wanted to make sure to bring up the overt homages to apocalypse now yeah because yeah. i had just seen that, that you was know cool. when we did, you obviously had uh, the club the valkyries and then was the that, club. The temple, too, looked really similar to one of the places they were, but mm-hmm. I'm probably making that up, but it looked no. really similar yeah. to, to one of the places they were in in Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now. Did you say the club, too? The club is named Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, guy yeah, had yeah. it up behind uh-huh. him. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I liked that scene where they were dancing oh, yeah, toward, cool. toward the uh, camera. Uh-huh. That, that was, was really good. Nice, right after the Apocalypse Now thing. Um, but what yeah. Was the it, sons, what was the son's character? Jonathan Majors. Oh, the character's okay. name? I don't know. David. He was in uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. I had to look it up because I was like, man, this guy looks familiar. And I was like, oh, he's in yeah, Last yeah. Black Man in San Francisco. He was good. Yeah, I thought he was really good. He and Delroy Lindo, man. Delroy Lindo was... Delroy so Lindo good. just looks yeah. like he was ready to... <laughs> he was good, man. <laughs> um, well, which is, I have on my notes, performances, and all I wrote was Delroy Lindo with an That's exclamation strong, point. Strong <laughs> performance. Um, but everyone was good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I Chadwick, mentioned... Chadwick Boseman, the few... Yeah, he's, he's good. In. He's just not in it very but, much. But, really but he does a great job. Strong, like... Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I just love seeing the Wire dudes. Yep. I, I, told, mm-hmm. I told Jake that. I don't think I said that to you, Eric, but... Um, and I love that they gave Isaiah Whitlock Jr. his... She I know. Love him. <laughs> and it was, like, the longest one ever. <laughs> like, so... And Clark Peters, I've literally never seen him in anything but The Wire. I don't think I have either. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah, and, and he was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Delroy Lindo steals the show because he's just, he's really the center of, of stuff. Which is interesting, too, because his character is... Divisive. Very divisive. Yeah. And interesting. Very interesting. And odd and thoughtful and... Uh, you know, I, 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 we don't want to say too much here, but I don't know, like, are you ultimately supposed to like him? I don't know. I don't know if there's we'll a just real discuss, right we answer. Discuss it, you know? We can discuss I, this yeah. without giving away too much, I think. But I think so. I think you're supposed to... I um, liked him, and I'm not saying I liked every belief he had, no. but I rooted for him, and I wanted him to get better, and I wanted him to, to, to like, be nicer. <laughs> and I, yeah. I wanted him to learn a lesson. That's just not what everyone does, right? And, I, and he's dealing with PTSD. Exactly, and yeah. I think the movie goes pretty far out of its way to emphasize that. Yes. It's just so that you do sympathize with him and yes. think, you know, oh, how might have he turned out differently as a person if he hadn't... Served uh, in Vietnam. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, I do think the uh, having one of them uh, be 
a, a Trump strong supporter. Trump supporter was a really interesting choice. Just because if you, I think if being a Spike Lee movie, um, if he'd wanted to do some Trump commentary and had some white MAGA person show up, I think it just would have, that would have been such a different dynamic than having one of them in the main group uh, be a Trump supporter. So yeah. it was unexpected and a really some, interesting way to address Someone it. on The Ringer, theringer.com, talked about how the MAGA hat is like a symbol of evil in the movie. Right. Which I thought was kind of interesting because it moves to some other places. Uh, yeah. You know, you see it in, in it, it, it doesn't always stay in the same place, let's just say that. The journey of the... Movie. Yeah, and that when, when, when it gets, you know, to a different place that usually that person is behaving poorly. <laughs> without, without going into spoilers or anything with it, what was it, the personality, was it that dynamic of the uh, Delroy Lindo's character? What draws you to him? Because I, I was captivated. I think, I think it's it the just PTSD. That he's, so he's, he's polarizing, but you feel, I, I mean, I, I like Jake's explanation, is that you feel sympathy because it feels like there is a reason for his life kind of getting messed up. Not only that, but, it, you know, it's revealed fairly later on that there is some tragedy in his life mm. outside of the war as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just has all these different things. And then, of course, Chadwick Boseman, who who you you know really early on died, yeah, um, was uh, almost like this this you know godlike figure yeah. to him, yep, like almost <clears throat> religious. Mm-hmm. There's a scene late in the movie where he's like addressing him almost in a prayer like way, yeah. straight to the camera, really mm-hmm. effective. I thought that whole part, oh yeah, that super effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the long take where it ends up when he falls down, and then what happens after that. Like it's very. There were a lot of apocalypse. I, I was just gonna literally just gonna say connections. Apocalypse yeah, apocalypse. to that, and and they were overt. Like I like that Spike Lee did that. Yeah. So it wasn't like oh you're borrowing. It was like oh no 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 you're paying tribute mm-hmm. in this different way to apocalypse. Now I'm so glad you assigned me apocalypse now. Yeah, prior know. to Defy Bloods because I would have missed a lot of that and still mm-hmm. appreciated what Defy Bloods was doing, but probably given Spike even more credit for sure. Oh that was incredible. Like well yeah it was kind of it was still great. It's still great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, with all of that, losing Chadwick Boseman, going to war, having some other tragedy in his life, you feel sympathy is where, uh, uh, just to echo mm. Jake's point. I think for me, and Del yeah. Lindo's so good that he's just compelling. What have you, have you seen him in a lot I've of seen stuff? him in stuff. I don't know what I've but seen But he's like him. mostly in, he's mostly in smaller stuff. Like he, he's rarely, in my opinion... We're looking it up, guys. In my opinion, he's rarely been this. Oh, he's in Get Shorty. I've seen Get Shorty years ago. I got to go way back because I, I know it's old stuff that I've seen him in. Oh, not that far back. <laughs> he's been in multiple Spike Lee things, but yeah, most of them like in the you 90s. Said, I feel like it's all been very small. Yeah, I've never small. known. Cider House Rules, Gone in 60 Seconds. I'm just saying things that I've seen. Okay. okay. Sahara. Um, he's the voice in Up. That's not really related, okay. but <laughs> powerful though. So, given the the triple whammy that this was a Netflix original movie that we're in the first half of the year still, and the movie year is going to be messed up with COVID, do we think he'll be in Oscar talks? Oh gosh, I, I if not, so. I will be upset. Yeah, I, I think he's that good. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's so. right now, it's like him versus nobody. Right, he is <laughs> exactly. literally the only. Uh, it's him versus everyone into five bloods. Like I, I mean, I think. I would be glad if any of those guys. I thought yeah. they were all great. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I'm partial to Clark Peters, and it's just because I love him in The Wire so much, 
and I thought he was great in this. Otis, right? Mm-hmm. Otis, I think. Yep. Yeah, I mean, right now, this is the best movie I've seen this year, but oh, same. I, and I'll say that yeah. right now, and it's, I, it's unequivocal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the second choice <laughs> is Birds of Prey, do you know what I mean? <laughs> which I liked a lot, but which isn't, you know, even in the same, in the same ballpark as Defy uh, yeah. Bloods. Exactly. Um, I keep referencing my, I'm wearing a Birds of Prey shirt right now, with, uh, um, and I, uh, prior to this, I was like, I think that's my favorite movie of the year. Wow, that's... And I know that's not a knock on Birds of Prey, which I enjoyed immensely and thought had some really cool things going on. But Defy Bloods is another league. Yeah. And there's just been nothing that's, you know, come out this year. It's true. Yeah. Not in the way that you would, you know, think. So, you know, we're, we're trying to be not too spoiler heavy here and we're, we're coming around to the end. But what are some of the things Spike Lee was trying to say, do you guys feel like, with Defy Bloods? Because I, I would say it's even more thematically jumbled and oh, yeah. I don't mean jumbled in a bad way no then do the right thing oh yeah which has a lot of stuff going on but here you got I mean he's throwing all kinds of stuff it's uh here as far definitely as definitely like, different they're definitely oh for sure yeah because you've got war going on here. right so he's making statements about war he's making statements about being a black man in America or being black in America he's making statements about father son he's making statements about PTSD about you know the president about drugs yeah, about drugs mm-hmm. yeah about you know l- love of gold loyalty and, and family loyalty oh yeah. loyalty big time loyalty i thought it was all over the place but like in the best way possible yeah um, that's exactly how i felt i don't, I don't know where if, explain more of you guys thoughts on how it's everywhere I guess just what are some of the what are some of the details well, that you with go, that spoiler free details right right well if you go to something like do the right thing right mm-hmm. it's obvious that race is at the forefront of do the right thing and did he, you not feel like race was in the forefront because I, mean, I felt forefront, like race is, ra- I, I mean I, could, maybe I, I guess could I guess the race part for me was war though is also at the forefront here right war is also at the forefront I feel like War didn't stand out to me as much. Well, because of PT, because of his PTSD, like everything yeah. is about for Delroy Lindo, uh-huh. who I would say is. But early on, the de facto know. protagonist. Yeah, is that accurate? I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, that opens a whole other thing I was going to bring up, which you Please. also have. I don't know the that Vietnamese. That was guys. my that was my thought yeah. on it is that are the, the but com- probably they turn out to be less. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, they kill people I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, people are gonna die guys Vietnamese kill. it's a war it's a war movie people are gonna die even I, though the war is not taking place currently yeah people, I guess for whatever people die for whatever reason I don't know that where I where I line it up with all the war movies like it doesn't to me feel like a saving private Ryan to five blood oh, definitely not and maybe it's but because the way it it's a war movie I don't know. Like, I think I would. I think I, I, think I, I think would. I would because it depends on how you what parameters you're gonna set. But sure. Well, I was thinking about like how I just saw Apocalypse Now and how we talked a long time ago about oh, we don't love war movies, uh-huh. at least Jake and I. Yeah. And how I, if I was gonna name my favorite war movies, there are like three. It's amazing this how one if you count the top this, 10, right? <laughs> no, this this and Apocalypse Now are in the top three. Right. Like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Same. Like, but this didn't. I I don't know why. Like. I feel like the lens is through a war. It's a war lens. Good, good, for good. Sure. I like your metaphor there. But, but I also I feel like there's this this to me because of the dynamics that he's pulling in and the kind of shotgun approach that we're sort of talking about. Yeah. I feel like those. It's almost like 
processing grief or, or trauma or whatever you have yeah. like it's dealing with the past almost sure and because uh, it's almost not like, even almost right that's yeah. such a big part of it and it's almost who like they were, an adventure who they are now. It's, it's almost like old guys on an adventure actiony like that's that's almost yeah. how I view it more than a war what I loved too film. that you feel you feel like I feel like sometimes movies like that that have that action adventure kind of and that's there <clears throat> and he does a good mm-hmm. job with it that they devolve at the end and he's still, there's still like a, there's a showdown, but like all the stuff that's already happened is so steeped into that showdown yeah. that it doesn't, it didn't feel like a devolution to the me. The tension again, yeah. the heat is turned up just yeah. like in Do the Right Thing. I feel yeah. like that to me is something that as I watched it, which really drew me in, I watched, did I watch? No, I watched, I watched Do the Right Thing first and then I watched The Five Bloods. But I me felt too. like the tension dial was turned up methodically and i felt like race is definitely in the community in do the right thing and in the five bloods you got you your typical army cast i mean it's it's a spike lee movie yeah and you got these guys going to resolve uh their war experience their war story yeah but it still feels very racially charged racially oh, yeah. motivated and it and should with, and right? with the yeah with the Viet Cong, uh, Viet, Vietnam, Vietnam, Viet Cong, the Vietnamese, Vietnamese. Um, I guess he how also he resists demonizing. How how speaking. he interweaves that. <laughs> sure, in general, I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think there's plenty to talk about that. Just want to navigate the spoiler portion of it. Like, sure, sure. I think um, the way to me the craftsmanship of how Spike interweaves again and. And gives you a few different perspectives. It's not just one lens, this is what's going on. He, yeah. he lets you have that conversation again. None right? of it takes place in America, by the way. Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe Technically, there stuff. are some epilogue mm-hmm. stuff that does. Yep, yep. You're right, you're right. <laughs> but besides that final 15 minutes, 10 minutes, right. zero things take place in America, which I thought was also interesting. Yeah, it was. Because he's still touching on race in America, and he's, talking on, he's touching on government, the reason we go to war. And all that stuff, but it they all talked takes, a lot about the, Ameri- takes place in the Americans that comes up a few yeah. several times as they're traveling, and, and they have a Vietnamese guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, what did you want to say a little bit about the demonization, perhaps, of the well, Vietnamese characters? So yeah, just one thing that I'm still kind of deciding where I uh, sit on for this movie um, is it sets the stage so strong with. Uh, taking this kind of like political stance on the Vietnam War with some graphic and disturbing real footage and photos from... Yeah. He uses a lot of real footage here. Um, yes, from the, the Vietnam War um, that I feel, you know, pretty clearly sets it up as here's why we shouldn't have gone. Look at all these atrocities that were committed um, against the Vietnamese people. Um, but I kind of felt like that... Uh, attitude that the movie sets up but like kind of goes away by the end okay. um and that you do have that like s- some of the main that c- kind of the main villains uh if you don't count Delroy Lindo um is this just like a gang of you know quote-unquote evil I guess uh Vietnamese guys with guns so sure. um I just felt mm. like the movie wasn't wrestling with that as much by the end right, anymore right. like what did we do to these people sure um as, as much valid. as for how much it set it up with all the footage and stuff. Right, right. So you're saying, like, at the end, it's more good guy, bad guy, bad guy happened to be the 
Yeah, that it kind of validates the old, you know, because we're America, we must have been purely the good guys and they were purely the bad guys mindset. Interesting. Maybe. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. No, no. But I think I mean, there's a little bit of validation in mm-hmm. that. I think at the same time, they're acting, those characters are acting from a place of Americans are bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Even though we're rooting for the characters because they're our characters mm-hmm. that we've gone with, those the Vietnamese come in and like no you guys like and even one of them like that was my brother and stuff and yeah you know I that's mean, true I, I get, no 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 and I, I, people saying I think like you're val- I think what you said is valid and I'm not at all invalidating it I'm saying maybe it's not as overt at the end that like no we're America it's these guys and they have a ringleader who's, who's not Vietnamese that's true. let's yep, just yep. say that right and that's actually the person pulling the strings yeah. Which was interesting, and I, I because that person's not any of the things that we were just talking about. And I think the way that he highlights some of the Vietnamese characters and yes. makes early on. Well, we have Vin. I think it's Vin, right? It's Vin, the, the main, guide. The, the guide is who I'm talking about. Okay. Vin, yeah, yeah. No, and I then guess. you have uh, uh, Tian, the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he does at least give us some characters. Yeah, that's that aren't, true. Well, no, no, no. I like. I still think what you say is valid. At the end, there's a shootout, and it's our guys and their guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, so that's valid. When I, I mean, and there were, I mean, like you know, we're not. I, I'm not. You know, it's not a perfect movie or whatever. There were some contrivances. I thought, like, when they find the first block of. Oh yeah. I thought, like, oh come on, we could have probably done that in a little bit of a better. way. It's funny. Right. Because of what's going on uh, in yeah, the yeah. scene. But I actually thought out loud, like, I feel like you're, you're a pretty good writer, Spike Lee, and, like, I feel like that was a, a fairly contrived way mm-hmm. to, yeah, yeah. in my opinion, to, to find the first without Without gold. giving spoilers, <laughs> the crux of the film shocked me. Like, I had no idea, and I don't know, I don't want to be too de- specific with it, uh-huh. but there's a... In the story, there's tension building to a certain point. There's basically the crux of, my opinion, with the crux of the movie, where uh, tensions elevate. And uh, to me, that, I think that... Prior to where they reach their final destination and Vin's there, night without being... Prior to that? Where they they had that moment where, okay. Yes. Um, Because stuff explodes. It's again, it's it's that uh thing where... Spike Lee's not going to let us off the hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not going to have everyone be happy and stuff. And, and I, I think, think that's important. Yeah. Even though we crave it, that's why the movie ends. Like, ah, you didn't give me what I wanted. What did I want? Why did I want it? What actually was going on here? And I think that's what he excels at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I just, I, I think that was one of the more shocking things I've seen in cinema, yeah, in recent movies, like it just threw me off. Wasn't expecting. Did, I there were hints of I, it. As I, I was going to say, back. I want to be really careful yes. here because I don't want to give anything away. Mm-hmm. But there's a conversation that Eric's referencing, and <laughs> this because, is really hard. To do. Yeah, I know. We're trying to be careful. I mean, we could go now. We we're going to do, do spoilers. Spoiler yeah. I mean, I guess we could, but it just came out. I feel I so yeah. like bad. I'll just say this. They set some some hints earlier on, right? Mm-hmm. With with other characters and things that are happening. I will be honest, and this is rare for me, and, and you know I say I don't... 
uh, in that moment when they're having that big conversation and then there's some kind of surprising things. Like, I expected that to happen at some point. Okay. And because of the movements happening in that moment, if that makes sense, uh-huh. the character's like backing up. It had the look. I was like, like oh no. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it didn't work because uh-huh. it worked. Uh-huh. And especially worked with the freaking aftermath. Yeah. I know yeah. we're like, yeah, dude, yeah. so... I yeah. was like, oh my god! That was so shocking, I think. Be- because he's mixing all these genres, where it's like, the movie's kind of funny, and it does feel up to that point. Yeah, like there's some pretty a, funny stuff. A buddy mm-hmm. road trip comedy yeah, heist, yeah, yeah. in a way? Like, Old yeah. guys coming together. Yeah. But he does vibrant. a good job, right, of giving us those, still those moments of tension. Like, mm-hmm. when they're, they're, there's a scene where they're on the boat, and uh, uh, the Vietnamese was... guy tries to sh- sell Delroy to a chicken. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff going on mm-hmm. that, like, allows us to still feel tense. Like, yeah. we're not just seeing, like, even something like Three Kings, which I love, but it's still very David much Russell. like Shout a comedy, David. and it's still very much like, ultimately, you know, probably, I mean, and I know people die in Three Kings, but yeah. ultimately our main character's probably going to make it back, and, and we get to feel happy at the end. Spike Lee, we know it's Spike Lee, and he gives us enough moments that we know it's not going to be happy, but it's still shocking, even Extremely. though he lays the clues, and even though in the moment, I think, you feel some, <laughs> you feel some stuff. Because I, I don't usually feel the stuff. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm feeling the stuff right now. <laughs> but from then on, it's, I don't want to say it's a totally different movie, but it's, there's a lot more going on yeah. from then on. Yeah. Both, both violence-wise, mm-hmm. complexity-wise, mm-hmm. where's this movie going-wise, what mm-hmm. he's telling me at this point now. Yeah. Like that, that works really well. It's the turning point, right? Yeah. Even though there's all those there's those well placed spikely bombs mm-hmm. up until then, it's the turning point. And I, I mean, and I love that the cast is almost all Black Americans, Vietnamese, and the French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't know. Yeah, it's it fun. Just, it just is nice. Different. You know, it's you get a little break from I guess what we normally see. Relevant now. Not not in the same way they do the right thing is I don't think. But no. And uh, yeah, maybe some would argue it only is, only has this feel of relevance because he works in the like political commentary that like wouldn't have to be there for the story to work, you know, yeah. um, at all. It could be more just Vietnam focused and not have these um, snippets of like what's going on in our country and stuff. But I still think I it's... liked the relevance. I was going to say I liked the in this maybe even more than, you know, oh, I don't know what I was going to say. There's. So I'm just going to abandon that. But, <laughs> I still think um, it's very relevant. I feel like the... Just seeing things in someone else's perspective. I think that's ultimately the conversations that you're having in both of these films. Is yeah. regardless of where you're coming from, what your vantage point is. Uh, being able to understand it's a more complex situation than yeah. you maybe at face value see it. And I love the way that he, he did do a good job of giving most of the characters a, a depth mm-hmm. that you don't always see in a movie with these action-adventure elements. And, and war movies, I think that was one of my biggest gripes about most war movies is you don't get to know the characters very well. Yeah. And if you do, it's... And I think Jake said this in our, when we were talking about Apocalypse Now. And if you do, it's in the very much like battle hero type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, they killed the people, so they're the best. Yeah. Um, and here, you, I, I think he paints the characters well. He does. Um, especially Otis and uh, 
Whatever Dale Rolando's name is. I know. I just keep calling him Dahmer. Uh, Paul. Paul. Yeah, I had it up on my screen. Should have just looked. <laughs> um, and Paul, especially the two of them, I feel like, and, and Jonathan Majors uh, as his son. But it's good. Yeah. It's, it's really good. good. And it's messy in the ways that I really like. And, uh, you know, I thought about it a lot, and I want to watch it again. Yeah. And, and kind of grapple with, you know. It's one that I watch that I want to have other people watch and talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That's why we were excited to, to, to do this in person um, so that we could have a little more of that continuity and me talking over Eric and Jake like I do. I was looking forward to that. <laughs> and it's been good. Yeah, on Zoom I'm like, why isn't anyone cutting me off? <laughs> Chad, why are you just listening? I'm still <laughs> raising my hand when I want to comment. <laughs> uh, Chad, it's, I've been talking for minutes. Why have you not jumped in and talked over my relevant point <laughs> um, anything else to add about any of these uh, if, if you haven't uh, seen see Spike Lee movies you definitely should uh, watch as many as you can and I I would say start with Do the Right Thing oh yeah and then go wherever you want but on Netflix right now Defy Bloods it's thoughtful it's interesting it's relevant because Spike Lee made sure we could see that it was relevant but also where the world is it's uh more relevant probably than we wish it was just like do the right thing still is uh 30 31 years later or whatever it's sucky in that way yeah um he's he is a gifted filmmaker and like i said earlier i'm I'm glad we have him and at the risk of sounding too stupid or whatever i'm glad as a white male that spike lee educates me a lot in in things that i don't understand don't think about um, don't appreciate the way that I should. And I think that's what we love about cinema. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you, if you watch the Defy Bloods or do the right thing, tell us in, in various social medias. Uh, and, uh, you know, have a good day, night, whenever you're listening. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>